Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Ever seen the sky so blue? The KSL Greenhouse. Information and great talk about your home, garden, and your lawn. If you love perennials, can't get enough help on landscape design, or just want to keep your lawn and vegetable garden pest-free, grab a pen. It's the KSL Greenhouse on KSL News Radio. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you this morning. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at 57500. This morning, Ton, we are also joined by Sheridan Hansen, who we've had on a number of times because she's so wonderful up at the USU Botanical Center and uh, showing us everything in the edible uh, garden up there. So Ton is in the Utah County Bureau today because he has a sore throat and wanted to make sure he wasn't making anyone sick. But Sheridan's with us in studio, Ton. Yeah, I'm glad to have her and appreciate her taking for Saturday to come in. I hope she's not missing a day skiing or something. She's got her ski shirt on, though. I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Letting I, us know. I sent my youngest child to Snow Basin this morning, so it's okay. He can stand in line. I'm going to uh, come and enjoy the morning Yeah, with I'm you sure guys. there are going to be nice lines today, <laughs> yeah. too. Um, but we wanted to talk from it. We've been talking a lot today about planning gardens, planning your water-wise yard. And this hour, we wanted to talk about planning an herb garden for those folks who maybe haven't given this a shot before. And Sheridan and I were talking beforehand, and I said, well, can you come up with those five must-haves when you're planning an herb garden? And so you've come up with a list for us, and so I'm excited to hear your list. Yeah, so I've come up with this list, but I want to just give it with the caveat that my list may not be your list. Mm -hmm. And that is because you need to plant what you're going to use. And we were just talking about this. Like you've got all these herbs in your garden. If you don't use them, what's the point, right? Right. So your your list will definitely vary. So uh, my top uh, herb in my garden is basil. I absolutely love basil. I can't live without it. It's so versatile in cooking. Um, You can use it in Indian food, in, you know, South Asian cuisine, in Italian, Mediterranean, Greek, all of those different things. So I I cannot live without it. And I love to cook. So um, these definitely go into, you know, what I cook with. Okay, but it's an annual, not a perennial, right? It is. It's an annual. So you have to plant it every year. It's not hardy in Utah. 
Um, so there are a bunch of different types of basil. So we've got the sweet basil types, things like um, Genovese basil, basil, Thai sweet basil. There's one just called sweet basil. And these are the ones that you typically cook with. They're very soft-leaved. Um, they have a good aroma, a decent flavor. And then we've got the purple basil types, which when you go to the nursery, these are the ones where you're like, ooh, look at that. That's pretty. so pretty, right? Um, so dark um, opal purple basil. Um, there's also a purple ruffles. Um In my experience, they don't grow quite as prolific as some of the sweet basils. So, you know, you can definitely add those. Just know that you may need to add a few more plants than you would with some of the sweet basils. There's fragrant types like lemon basil, orange basil, cinnamon basil. How fun is that, right? Right. That you could pick up a cinnamon basil and kind of have that after flavor, um, that hint of cinnamon in a dish that way. And then there's ruffled types, and these are the ones that have great big leaves. So a lettuce basil, it really does look like lettuce. Those leaves are huge. Um, And then there's a green ruffles basil. And then the holy basil types. Now, these ones have really intense smells, and the texture is a little bit different. The leaves are a little bit thicker. Um, So, um, But the great thing about these is they don't bolt, and that's one of the problems we deal with on basil is this bolting mm-hmm. where um, they go to flower and go to seed very quickly, and so we don't get um, you know, necessarily the harvest that we want out of them. So cardinal basil is probably my most favorite basil to plant in the garden because of that. Okay, I had to write that down because I don't have that much space that yeah. I can... I'm going to have to pick and choose a couple of those. Right, so right. cardinal so would many. be the first one that you would select, and what would be your second choice? Um, so, and then maybe a sweet basil or a Genovese basil. Um, and then if you don't have space, there are compact varieties. So Greek basil is very small, and spicy globe basil, basil um, will you know, give you a good amount of, of leaf in a very small space. So there are options for small space. Right. Yeah. So Top of the list, top basil. Top of the list is okay. basil. Yeah. So my next one is parsley. And this is a biennial. So this one will overwinter. Um, And the thing about when it overwinters, though, is that second year. So the first year, you're going to get lots of leafy green growth. The second year, you're going to get a stalk with a flower on it and not so much leaf. So even though it will overwinter and it will act as kind of this perennial, not really, it's a biennial. So it goes through a two-year life cycle. um, You may want to take it out and just replant it every single year. Now, there's the curly parsley that you're used to seeing on your plate at the restaurant, you know, as a garnish. And that one's not great as far as texture and flavor. My favorite is the flat leaf parsley, so the Italian parsleys. Um, and those are beautiful. There are also some funky types. There's a Japanese parsley that has these thick, bitter stalks that um, are used much like celery. So to give you more of those bitter tones in a dish. And then there's the Hamburg parsley. It has a big taproot that is a lot like a parsnip, and you can use the root in that one as well as some of the leaf tissue. So kind of interesting take on parsleys. Then we have cilantro, and you said you're done with cilantro. I'm done with cilantro. Done it with breaks cilantro. my heart. Well, cilantro, I planned it. It's really just too short. Too it is. Short it's too short-lived, um, and in the heat, it doesn't do great. So this one you have to be committed to. So you've got to order a number of seeds or pick up seeds from your local nursery, um, several packets, and then you're going to succession plant every couple of weeks because it's going to come up, you're going to get those leaves, and then in the heat, it's going to be done. Um, now, you can allow it to go to seed if you can get it through that whole life cycle and allow it to go to seed. And um, you can harvest the seeds, and that would be coriander. So it kind of does a double duty. Mm. But I can't live without cilantro, so I have to have that. Well, especially if you make salsa. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, let's see, we've got chives. And chives are so easy. If you're a beginning gardener and you need 
an herb to get going and feel successful with, start with chives. These are awesome. Um, so they're related to onions, really easy to grow, and they perennial, perennialize very easily. So they, they'll just overwinter nicely, but they do spread. So if you don't like that spread, you need to take off the bloom. Good thing about that, the bloom is actually edible. So you can use these really pretty purple flowers in dishes, on salads, in salad dressing. I've never eaten those blooms. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. They're and so pretty. I they, don't want to cut them off. Yeah, I know, right? They're so beautiful. But they have this um, very light oniony flavor. Uh-huh. So it gives you that in another aspect. Chives are great, especially if you run out of onions and you want that right? flavor. You just go out to the garden, snip them, and use them in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've done that. I've I don't done have it an a onion, lot. and I'm going to go out and I'm going to get yeah. chives. Um, so there are a couple different types of chives. There's that normal rounded leaf type that you're used to from the grocery store. And then there is a Chinese leek or a garlic chive. And that one has a flat leaf. And it's, it's a little bit different texture. Um, it overwinters well. It perennializes really well. Um, it just gives you a different texture as far as that leaf. Um, and then my last one, and this one's worth really talking about for a minute, and this is mint. Um, so mint can be a problem in the garden, but if you are a cook you're going to want to have some mint somewhere in your gardens that you can harvest from. Um, it can be used for teas, salves, um, you know, all kinds of culinary uses like Greek food, so many different ways that you can use it. Um, and um, it will move. It will move through your garden. So I have a friend that was like, oh, yeah, I planted mint, and now every time I mow my lawn, I smell mint because mm-hmm. it moved right into her lawn, and now she can't get rid of it. So types of mint to consider. Peppermint, spearmint, there's orange and chocolate mint. So kind of like those basils we can have those different flavors that come through peppermint mint is variegated and then corsican mint this one is really interesting to me it doesn't look like a mint plant it's very small with little rounded leaves you put it in the cracks um, between rocks like on a patio or in a rock garden and it has this intense aroma when you brush your hands across it hmm. you may not use it so much for culinary but it's one of those experiences in the garden that is a little bit different so those are my top five but, Ton, we need to make sure that we are planting everything well, not just planting what we want to plant in that garden, but making sure that our soil's ready. You really do need to make sure the soil's ready. So there are different situations that you could grow these. A lot of them, and, you know, Sheridan mentioned that the mint, especially peppermint, spearmint, needs to be contained. But you could grow these right in your soil or... If you have limited space, they do quite well in larger pots or raised beds. Yeah, absolutely. You can containerize any of this and do it on a patio very nicely. I love your choices. Well, thank you. And I want to plant everything, but, you know, we just can't do that. I know. It's hard. I have to pick and choose. Yeah. Well, and maybe you pick a few this year, and then next year you pick a few different ones, and you find out what you like. Right. So, Sheridan, are you going to stay with us for a little bit? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll stick around for a bit. All right, great. You'll take some questions from folks? Sure. Awesome. And our phone lines are open. The number to call, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Right now, I think we have Tim and Amanda who are out and about today. You guys, where are you today? I'm kind of feeling like we got the Saturday band back together here with <laughs> right. uh, Tim and Maria and everybody behind the scenes. And yeah. Ton, uh, Tim and Amanda now, we're out at NPS today. NPS, it's National Product Sales, but Igor, I like to think of it as a nice place to save. That's what it is. Yeah. Thank you. This is the greenhouse show we're actually participating in uh, right now. So tell us about the produce. <laughs> well, I have a couple of things here that are great, special. We have these salads. 
that in any store of over three dollars, they're ninety nine cents. Ninety nine cents. And we have all varieties. And look at these beautiful mangoes. That mango is gorgeous. Tim, that apple is gorgeous. Isn't this big? Yeah. He thought it was a papaya. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fifty cents. Plus and I, they're fresh. They're I just got, I got those beautiful blueberries too that are five ninety nine in my store for two ninety nine here. And the baking Granny Smith apples. Plus yeah. I got everything else I need. You know the flour and all my chicken and meat. Less than a hundred dollars with my total bill. That's Unbelievable. It, it is amazing. And groceries are just the beginning of MPS. You have so many other things. Yes, we have clothing. Half off. We restocked this morning. Beautiful clothing. All the brands that you're looking for, for the entire family, 50% off. Beautiful coats and jeans and sweaters and tops. I mean, you can finish your Christmas shopping here. It is like uh, just a scavenger hunt some days in here. And you never know what you're going to find, but yeah. you're going to find something that your family needs. And you're going to save a lot of money. Yeah. There are four locations along the Wasatch Front of NPS. Look them up. Save some money. And let's make your Christmas better this year. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Ton and Sheridan joining us this morning from the USU Botanical Center uh, talking about herbs. Uh, but she also has the edible demonstration garden there. Ton, we wanted to talk for just a second. Uh, this coming year, this coming season, I should say, uh, Sheridan's going to be planting medicinal herbs uh, for people to go out and check out. Yeah, I mean, we'll have some culinary herbs mixed in there as well. But um, a lot of medicinals, we're going to try and do a little focus on some of those funky medicinal herbs um, that can grow in Utah. So the whole premise behind the edible demonstration garden at the USU Botanical Center is to show you things that are atypical for Utah gardens. Um, So we'll have things like valerian and black cumin, German chamomile, clary sage. Um, we're, we're even going to grow some marshmallow this year, I hope, if it does well. Yeah, so this it's is how... Plant? Yes, this is how what? marshmallows developed. Yeah, no. You, no, it's it's for real. So you'll have to come okay. up and see it. Um, and we're even going to try and grow zatar this year. So all kinds of different things um, with a little bit more of a, of a medicinal focus. But again, those culinaries will be mixed in. So it will be kind of fun. So we'll try and get those things started here in the spring. And um, right now is the time to dream about your garden for next year. So <laughs> That's well, why you're here, yeah. helping us plan and dream about our yeah, garden. Yeah, while it's well, gray outside, you can think of green. Go ahead, Ton. I, I was going to say that you know, when I was up in Cache County, I was working with Bill Varga quite a bit at the uh, living farm up there. And he was really trying to get some of this stuff going. And, you know, in my research, you know, I found that when you would homestead, you know, a lot of these things that you talk about, because you didn't have a doctor around the corner, you grew them in your garden along with your edible plants. 
And because you would need a supply of dried herbs, you know, if one of the kids has the croup or, you know, a headache or whatever it is, that just as a part of what you did as a homesteader or, you know, someone that's settling a new area, you know, you don't have the apothecary around the corner. So you would have this on hand so that you could use it to try to treat illness in your family. Right. And I think there's a really interesting history that you brought up there of people using some of these um, medicinal remedies and trying to help themselves while they wait for the doctor to get there. Right. So, um, you know, there's definitely history that goes along with these plants as well. I know my grandmother used to plant chamomile. Yeah. Yeah. Make a nice tea out of it mm-hmm. and help your, help yourself when you can while you wait for medical care if needed. So Yes. And that is there. And so, you know, a lot of, you know, and I was talking to Bill, I was like, well, you know, why would you want to grow these when I can just go to the doctor and get, you know, some ibuprofen and some antibiotics? And he, and Bill said, then I would need to find it that in a lot of situations, the outcome of you getting sick isn't any different whether you go to a medical doctor or maybe try some herbal remedies. And I'm not promoting herbal stuff over a medical doctor. Don't think that. But he said, you know, a lot of in these herbs, there's actually research that shows that they work, you know, and there's some evidence to them that you can treat yourself in some situations and get a pretty good effect, you know, sometimes similar to what you could get out of a prescribed medication. Well, and a lot of medications have roots in in plants as well. So um, digoxin, which is used for your heart, came from digitalis. So, I mean, there these preemptive kind of using these um, types of plants for medicinal purposes has led to a lot of the medications that we have today. So we've been yeah. talking a lot about the USU Botanical, the edible demonstration garden up there, the Botanical Gardens, and we better tell people where it is if they've oh, never we should. been there. We absolutely should. So it's in Kaysville, 80 East, 725 South. Um, you can see it from the freeway. There's a big sign that says USU Botanical Center. It's where the Kaysville ponds are, and we have 100 acres. Um, you know, now we have snow on the ground, mm-hmm. but I, I encourage you to visit if you want to. You can still walk through our arboretum in the in the winter. It's still beautiful in the winter, um, but we have a four-acre well, it's a little it's a little more than that. Um, Four hundred trees, sorry, and seven acre arboretum. Wow. I, I got my my numbers Your mixed numbers up. Confused. Yeah, but seven acre arboretum with four hundred different species of trees that you can come and look at. If you're trying to choose a tree for your landscape, it's a great place to come and look and see what that mature version of that tree is going to look like. Do I really want that in my yard? Right. And if people want to see what you grew this past year, yes. so many interesting peppers, and mm-hmm. you can check out uh, the video that we did with Sheridan on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page and. Just get some wonderful ideas as you're planning your garden for this next year. Yeah, we had fun going through the garden we together. Did. I love those peppers. I have to plant some of those. Oh, Even so the hot fun. ones, I might not eat them, but the, but the, um, they're so beautiful. They are. They're absolutely at. pretty. And um, just an interesting thing to put in your garden, even if you don't utilize it, like you said. Right. I love yeah. some of that foliage, too. Uh, we need to take a break for the bottom of the hour news. Number for you to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us 57500. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.